those kind of cases, you just got to plother out and do it. All the white noise around you, you hurry up and then you just, you know, uh, I'd rather you complaining for two, three hours than the patient complain for a lifetime to me. <laughs> so privileged. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, colleagues from around the world, welcome to the first episode of season two of the Rhinoplasty podcast. Last year, we had such a great time interviewing people from all over the world, listened to in nearly 70 countries and downloaded hundreds of thousands of times. So now we are kicking off season two and my special guest for season two, all the way from Perth, Australia, is Toon Pham. Dude, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. Yep. Um, so, thank you very much. guys, before we get into this, I have to actually explain to you why Tune is here. Tune, who I call the catalyst. So, I want to reverse back to two years ago. It was just at the start of the lockdown from the pandemic. And uh, I said to other guys on the Saucer X guy system, boys, I want to run a webinar. And they all like, well, what is a webinar? We don't really know. So, go for it. So we were a small little society. We must have had about 40 people on our WhatsApp group. And I sent out a message to say we're doing our first ever webinar. And um, not even 10 minutes before the webinar, the American who I had uh, queued up to do it said he was still stuck in theater. So then I started to panic because this message had gone out around the world to say there's going to be a webinar. And fortunately, I saw Tune was awake. So I sent him a message. I said, <laughs> Dude, I need your help. Can this, you help? And this is one, eight, one eight in the morning. Put his hand up with ten minutes to prepare. It was, yeah, it was like three o'clock in the morning yeah, or something. Two, three, can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, and tune that was what kicked it off. I mean, within weeks, we had thousands of people watching. So, thank you once again for that, and thank you for being on today's show. Oh, a pleasure. You know, I'm, um, I'm so. So, tune, tell tell us the first thing. How? How did you end up? as um, somebody from Vietnam coming to Australia and being the president of the International Federation of Facial Plastic Surgery Society? Well, more, more by luck than design. So, um, you know, I did my fellow in America. I uh, visited many people and uh, all of my fellowship director become president of the American Academy of Facial Plastics. So uh, Dr. Wayne Larrabee, you know Wayne uh, very well, he said, look, uh, come and join the International Federation which Australian Academy is a part of, one of the foundation members. So I became one of the um, uh, representative board members. And then, um, you know, I've been board member for about you know, five, six, seven years. And I think Wayne uh, nominated me to be uh, in the executive committee. And uh, after six years later, I became the president as you go along. So that's how I started. I've been a board member more than five years. And then... Uh, and I was, uh, it was a journey. But and, you also uh, run a fellowship program. Yeah, but it's our 10th year now. Tell us so. a little bit about the fellowship program that you run. So um, <clears throat> this fellowship is part of the International Federation of um, Facial Plastic Society. It's the first one, and I think we just have another one. So I have applicants all over around the world. Uh, we have two Australian and eight uh, from other country. They're all from, uh, there's, from Brazil, uh, from uh, Argentina, no, Argentina, from uh, Chile, Colombia, Switzerland. Uh, my camera from Israel. My next year is, uh, or this year is Argentinian. So, a wide range of, uh, uh, of group of people who, uh, who came. I'm still one from America, and uh, we have, I think we have like 30, 40 uh, people inquired per year. So. Wow, that's cool, man. So, Tune, next two questions before climbing into the topic, because you've got a great topic we're going to talk about getting the nasal tip and the lateral cartilages to work properly. So I have one, the first of these two questions. Give us the worst day of your life in rhinoplasty or the worst story. And then on the other side, I want to hear the best or the funniest story. Well, the worst one, I think, when you uh, go there and say, look, this is the easy case. Um, and the probably, you know, just been uh, look outside, look. So I think it's a revision case. Uh, such an easy case. And I'll open up, uh, behold, nothing's there. I haven't, you know, uh, planned all of it. I just think, I think most of the time it's just it's a bit of ear college, but I realized this is more than that. This is going to be a take time, it will scar down. So uh, I just say, look, but luckily in my consent form that, you know, uh, if need be, uh, addition surgery required, so I take a cost of cartilage 
and six hour laner, which is probably one of my longest uh, case. Um, <clears throat> finished the job uh, when the, the oh, I had luck is extended. Everyone looking at you, but those kind of cases, you just got to plother out and do it. All the white noise around you, you hurry up and then you just look, you know, uh, I'd rather you complaining for two, three hours than the patient complain for a lifetime to me. <laughs> so present. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which turned out every night. The funniest one, I think, you know, when everything's going great, you get all your college all nice up, and then, you know, you've just been uh, enthusiastic, I think, and just probably knock one of the, uh, your graph, nice piece of graph down to the floor. And uh, you and yourself look around you, your fellow look around you, your nurses, who did that? And I said, look, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, pick it up now. <laughs> Luckily, we have, uh, you know, that's a nice piece of color. Luckily, we have spare one, <laughs> spare one uh, in place, yeah. carve another one, and then you know, go again. So, uh, it's oh, always beautiful. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> okay, cool. Listen, I'm going to ask you to um, share your screen. And so, obviously, quite a few of the people are listening to the podcast, not necessarily watching it on the YouTube channel. So, um, yeah, please uh, be mindful of speaking as it, as it will in that way. I also just want to, at this point, just say a huge thank you to Medhold Instruments, um, beautiful rhinoplast instruments. They, they've so kindly brought this first month of the rhinoplasty podcast to fruition. So, yeah, shout out to them and thank you for their support. So, Tune, tell me, in Australia, how big is your guys' like society or group of people that are doing rhinoplasty? Well, um we have, um, I think, 75, 80 members around there. But we are a mixed group. We have all, you know, uh, otolaryngology, head, neck, facial plastic, plastic surgeon, dermatology, all specialists. Um, so um, most of uh, well, of the uh, facial plastic group, they mostly most do rhinoplasty, and all of the plastic uh, the colleague does as well. So there's only two groups who uh, uh, do rhinoplasty. Um, I think uh, some others uh, do a bit and, of food. And do you guys have meetings that, that people can come and attend? Oh, or definitely. log on to online or something uh, like that? Yep. Uh, well, we normally have uh, a yearly meeting, so every year, and we uh, work out in a way that every third year is the rhinoplasty. Uh, the other one, the other year will be on face rejuvenation, and uh, then the third year will be ochroplastics. And we invite uh, ochroplastic uh, society to come along, and that is a great meeting. You know, it's a small group. Uh, and we need, um, I think, people t- at maximum turn probably 100 people uh, turn up. Um, but we have, you know, six, seven, eight uh, faculty come over around the world. And it's small but inclusive, but it's very informative. I find it's very good. Of course, the last one or two years, it's uh, not really uh, feasible to face-to-face. Um, but I think hopefully this year we'll come back again. And we run a webinar uh, every month. Uh, as a group uh, to our uh, members. And uh, take us away. All right. We look so, forward. I think oh, um, uh, I'm quite excited because you've got a few case studies here and you, you're really explaining your steps in rhinoplast, even though the, the focus is on the complex uh, lower lateral cartilage nasal tip management. There's a lot to be taken out of this in terms of the rest of, of the buildup to, to get to that point in the surgery. Sure, you know, I think, you know, this is the last bit of, uh, of my rhinoplasty uh, concentration during a case anyway. So I'm talking about the, the lower lateral cartilage and the tip management in rhinoplasty. And that's my city, two and a half million people by the sea and by the river. And uh, nice Perth, my state ambulance. I'm in private practice predominantly. I do have a teaching post at public hospital, so I'm registrar resident. There's no disclosure. And uh, what we're going to talk about is this part here, the last part of the cold septum and the lower lateral cartilage. Okay, so cold septum uh, is a foundation, obviously, and that's everything hang off it, lower lateral, upper lateral cartilage. So we manage this part. Um, and uh, it's done nice and complex, and it's beautiful cartilage, as you can see. It's got the medial, intimate cruise, lateral cruise, have different angulation, different length, and uh, of course, also not just the shape but, uh, and in static, um, but it's in dynamic form when there's the rigidity and how it's collapsed uh, function during breathing. And that's 
the uh, nice obstruction I'm talking mainly about that, that part the colder part is different predominantly what I see uh, for deformity or the, the severe one is the deficiency very less excess and gross deviation or dislocation um, lower lateral cartilage of course the form part of the lateral nasal wall or external nasal valve and that's where the lower lateral cartilage and the junction of the upper and lower lateral cartilage plus the soft tissue and we talk about the uh, deformity uh, either totic retraction, very length, size, and shape. And during rhinoplasty, you know, you go through, I think, in most cases when I think there's uh, severe, if I need uh, more uh, tissue, such as uh, cartilage, can be septal, usually most of my cases we uh, have done already. Congo is great, but it's not uh, the best for uh, structural. I normally rely on costal cartilage on severe cases. And you talk about the uh, need about the uh, soft tissue envelope, that's where fascia, temporalis, or rectus fascia, if you do costal cartilage, and costal pericondrum, which I think is the most beautiful <clears throat> soft tissue wall. You go to the rhinoplasty, and then lastly, the tip, and you see them size, sight, shape, length, projection, rotation, support, and orientation, all that taken into consideration, various sutures and graph, and then you manage the lateral uh, nasal wall. Um, at the end, use the combination of graph and repositioning rather than just sutures and uh, turning flat. But I'll talk more a bit later. That's just an overview. So how do I get through the nasal tip at lower lateral cartilage? Well, firstly, you set a dorsal height. And um, with 3D morphing, uh, you can utilize it. Once you set dorsal height and complete the bony cartilage vault and septic surgery, then you come to set the nasal tip where it is, how long it is, how high it is, and what to rotation in reference to dose height. Man is called a septum, predominantly by septum graph. If it's excess or uh, minor, then you do a strut. Then how you manage the lower lateral cartilage. And finally, once you've done, I think the final contour, there's always been irregularity. You use shoe uh, graph, rim graph, and then soft envelope grafting. But all in all, you have to take into a three-dimensional view. All view, both in static and dynamic reconstruct that uh, uh, one lower one third of the nose. Congo college, I think it's quite easy, take five, ten minutes. You can do anterior posterior approach, uh, one or both. Them. You can preserve the perichondrium, which I always do. It is easy, short, minimum discomfort, less complication, but I think it is limited. Limited in terms it can use just a volume uh, augmentation, it's a space like spirograph, this shield, and those on light. But for structural grafting, in for a a quarter extension graph um, or lateral cruise graph, I don't think it's strong enough and it's the shape's wrong. Um, so uh, it's weak, it's curve, limitation of mount and strength. But that, it's easy. I've no mistake a posterior approach here. But if need more cartilage, more strength, I'd go for costal cartilage. I don't think the incision uh, length, you know, one and a half, two and a half, three and a half, really when you close it, it's nicely in the nine, everted, heal beautifully uh, rather than you know, try to stretch too much. I love the six, seven, eight the rib, which is the flat, straightest uh, <clears throat> rib. And if you use the eight, there's probably less chance of pneumothorax because it's really intradominal. Um, you preserve the pericondrium on the lateral side. I'll tell why, because you can use that pericondrium for soft tissue envelope. Um, I take the whole cartilage. I don't split in the middle. I take the whole. Why is that? Because if you preserve both sides, when you carve it, both sides give us the strength, stability, and prevent warping. Um, it's great for volume, strength and length is straight. You can carve the very thickness, it's a shoulder block, you can carve it any way you shape your side you like. Difficult, take long to do, it usually takes 25 and a half an hour mile. In routine cases, sometimes longer, it is painful. Risk and normal effects is, uh, is there. I think after three, four in cases, I haven't had any, any which is uh, good luck and anything else. Deformity of the chest, I don't think it's the case unless you take three or four cartridges. So Tune, can I interrupt you for sure. a second there? Mm -hmm. um, in terms of pneumothorax, yes. so two questions really is how, how, how commonly has it happened to you? And then if it happens, what do you do? Sure. Uh, luckily, after three of, I think, nearly more than 20 cases, I haven't had any, period, none. So um, oh, um, if it, for management, now I always do this in a facility where there's an ICU available. You know, I'm just very careful. Uh, I operate in a couple of hospitals. But I, that, so if I, I always tell the patient, there's a small chance 
I operate in the ICU facility. If you need to go to the ICU, you go to ICU. But I was still, before that, for the chest tube in, I was that you know, thoracic, uh, you know, uh, registrar for six months. I cracked, made too many chests to count. So I'm very comfortable with the chest straining, uh, you know, small size, big size, I think. So but I would tell them, but at this stage, it never happened. So, uh, cool. so that's Mate, my... Mate, never happened. Please carry on. <laughs> well, it hasn't happened, so it never happened, but hopefully it never happened. No, so the biggest problem is probably, and it's rare, is ophospification. If it's, you look there, it's firm, I think only three, three cases, two months, it's probably 1% now. Uh, they're so hard, they're so like, you know, just so like, I don't do chest CT, CT in everyone. I don't think it's, you know, uh, chestification will cost for that. Um, but in almost all of them have managed to uh, utilize some of the ossification in a way. Uh, but it is uh, that can always be made to conquer college, and, uh, but that's the reality. Uh, covered Eric, I have not used it. Why? It's not very available in uh, Australia and Perth. There's no distributor. You have to go to Sydney. But the quality which I've seen is not that great. And um, every time I tell the patient, you know, this is a dead person, rip, they say, no way, crack my own rib. Thank you very much. I say, sure. Uh, how you carve and slice? I think the, the uh, bilateral proof of service preserved. And if you want a nice uh, big piece and uh, Large width in the central, central core. This is how I slice. I use a dermatome. This is a skin harvesting, uh, dermatome. It's fantastic. Sharp, long, and, uh, I give you straight long pieces and got enough uh, force to press down. And you can use, the, if the ossification, you can use a hammer, hit this here and still, you know, uh, slice the, uh, costal cartilage. Uh, and you can carve it partially, uh, ossified cartilage. But I always, you know, combine the 11, 10 blade as required. I used to use use 10 and uh, big blade, but I think once this here, we never go back. This why? It's just beautiful, and you can preserve the middle here. That's the middle bit for um, a bit noisy there. The middle bit uh, for the uh, septicemic graft, the straight bit. Straight bit and a curved bit, curved uh, for spreader graph and lateral screw strap graph. You can make different size and shape as well. So this one is, uh, see here, it's a different uh, type. The, you got to measure the length of what you need first, sometimes longer and short. But this is more of a cheese. You can test by a slice, the thin first, and you go gradually. Obviously, you want the thinnest slide with the best strength. So that's variable in the, each uh, cartilage, I'll tell you now. So, uh, it's just gonna test one first and then go to the next one. Uh, you know, thin enough, you can uh, use the lateral screw structure without breaking and uh, enough strength. And of course, you can vary if you need one side, like spreader graph, for example, one size big, you carve one side big and another smaller. So it's great in variation in thickness and things. And for a nice central bit, like a uh, large septal stench graph or septal replacement, uh, you can uh, carve right in the middle. Present both sides of the cartilage there. And if you, <clears throat> you can virtually stand on it by itself if it's straight enough. Let it stand by itself. Yeah, that's a straight piece. Then you carve this dorsal uh, graph here. And here you use, use 11 or that one to make a tongue in roof of a septal stand graph. Now, the other thing um, I'm fond of is when you do a septal stanchion graph and it's a large piece and um, the anterior spine is gone and the premaxillary is still deficient. This is a premaxillary graph in a tonguing roof, snuggly fit, and you just fit in there and just lift up and down as required. So uh, there's no sutures in there. I think if you put a suture in there, it, you might break it. And for that, you used to use 11 blades and then this part here used an 18-gauge needle to slice it through because no blade is that small. This is about one, one, one two millimeters. So. Very shape size the graph you can use, but also you use harvest uh, rectus fascia and preserve the perichondrium for many things. So, how you set those? Another hands? question: Do yes. you then leave? Do you let then leave the um, rib in antibiotic solution, yes, or do you just straight away plant it into the night? No, no, no. Uh, when I you know, harvest the rib, I leave it on block and it's in gentamicin. Uh, Eighty milligram gentamicin in two mils. I just leave it there. Uh, um, so obviously, you harvest first, 
close the chest, put that in solution, that's it there for another hour and a bit. When you finish the rest of the operation, um, uh, whatever it is, but if you need to spread a graph, then you need a bit earlier. So when I need the graph, that's when I've uh, sliced it and uh, um, you plan it, which you need, spread a graph, extension, <clears throat> strut graph, whatever it is, you slice it then, and then I leave back in solution. And that's allowed two things. One is if it's warped, it's warped by the time you use it, okay, and there's a soak in there already. And um, at the end, but I do have infection. You know, I don't have infection at the site, but I have you know, probably once, probably 1% of the cases. You know, I would do 180 or so run up past a year, yeah, maybe two uh, infections uh, or so a year. It's probably the sutures at the tip uh, which get infected, I think, because it's, um, and then now I use the genomycin, a fresh one. At the end, I just irrigate two mil around tip area. I don't put drain in the nose like Dr. Toomey uh, uses. And hopefully that reduces the chance of it. Um, yeah. So uh, once, so nasal tip here, so I set the dose to high and treating morphine is a tool which I use uh, regularly, almost every case is really, to set the dose to high. And you can clip all the bony cartilage for septum surgery. And the last minute is where the tip and uh, <clears throat> surgery. I, I use Vectra, I use uh, the DC, the digital little camera or the uh, body uh, one. I wouldn't go through it, but um, 3D image is great. But the main thing I've used is not to education and uh, trying to get the aesthetic goal is the quantification of the changes. Of the changes, how much do you need a reduction or augmentation? You know, and this machine measured in 0.1 millimeter is so accurate, you know. Uh, and that I use this uh, to guide me during uh, uh, intraoperative uh, management. And we get about 90% with uh, one millimeter morphine. So uh, four millimeter of reduction, we get three and a half to four and a half, 95, 90% of the time. And I wouldn't go to, but uh, that's the uh, morphine here. But right at the end, when you can spin around 20 degree, is this part here. So once you know how much to take, you can measure, I think, let's say five mil, I think you just take five mil off. You don't take eight mil, you don't take two mil. Five mil off. If you want to, you can use caliber. After that, you can use the, uh, uh, just measure. But just going back one there, this part here, okay. I'll just stop this. Now, this here, when you're doing your, uh, uh, morphing 3D, the, this chart here allows you to measure how much it is. So that's 4.4 at the tip, 3 something at the uh, dorsum. And I'll take these pictures uh, and I document also in my notes how many minutes I'm going to reduce. I think. So that's at a time. Uh, a morphing, my fellow does it, that's take about 10 minutes. If I do it, take about 90 seconds to, to, to do the, uh, uh, the morphing. It's quite when you do many. So that's the measure, measure, and you can see the twist and things. So. Um, just uh, hump, hump, and then what the result is. But the other view you can get is this part. Okay, if you set a dosum, let's say this is, uh, this is four mil here, and you typically be two mil more, then of course when you do an operation, you take four mil off, then you, in your mind, you just make sure the tip is higher than the dosum, not lower, not five mil, but two, three mil. So that's uh, accurate there. That's one half mil, you just reduce, and then adjust the tip accordingly. And then you get a pre-op and post-op almost uh, as your uh, morphing. And that's, it's happy, then that's what, you know. And if patients look, I'm, I'm not happy, but let's show them, look, okay, this is what you uh, morph, this is what you like, this is the result, then they say, oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. And uh, it saved my hive a couple of times. But yeah, ticks me off, less so, okay. And also for augmentation, the same, this uh, chapter, uh, septal injury, um, it's deprojected, saddle, bit of saddle. We reprojected this no limitation. This how many mil, how many mil. So you know, you know, roughly how many more mil you reproject this nose rather than just two Pinocchio or two less. And this is the lady with revision, everything collapsed, you show the, this augmentation area. So it's a great tool. Tool. I can change the tool. And the combination, this chap a young medical student, but the uh, hit the nose. Ducal dose of hump is natural, but everything's lost. It's about centimeters lost. But of course, it, we can take this off here and add it here. You can measure how many you'd like to have to reproduce it. 
and he planned as well a circumstantial graph, uh, this uh, spreader graph which go beyond symptoms of augmentation and then a, a final online graph. So once it's done, you set your tip. That's called a septum. Uh, where we want to be, precision, that length. And if it's um, retracted, it's shortened, you lengthen the nose, the reprojection and rotation in reference to loss of heart. And really, exceptional standard graph, the pre graph is my key uh, strategies for mind deformity. And then you can uh, plan it, exceptional standard graph, that's separate replacement. And if there's you lengthen and some stability, I add a, a extended spreader graph on both sides, or at least one side, to stabilize it. If you want to push it down, you definitely need it to keep it down, or else this will track back. And just example, steps in the graph, pretty easy. Uh, simple case where it's called a retraction. Space and nothing else need to be done, just switch it back. In this case here, you get a uh, deformity of dislocated quadriceps, but a fracture. Receptin is here somewhere, it's called in here. So you have to straighten, resect of it, place a septal stain graph. And all it does is just give a straighter nose. All these tip colleges uh, there, you just refine it. This lady has uh, previous surgery, which they resect almost all the septum. It's lost about 15, 20 mil. There's no way you can uh, use that kind of costal. A couple of graphs here to replace it, and then a final uh, strap graph. This is a different case, but uh, even still there, it's very weak. So harvest a bit of color from, below, um, from behind, placed in there. So septal graph is great. Septal colors is best, which is the shape, but usually it's not enough because it's not available. Here I talk about the pre graph here, tongue roof, you can, if you set it nicely, you just, you can move about. That's what I like. And you place it on block. Um, this is the case where they have uh, set, post and uh, resected, put model graph, and then the, a final root projection of a, uh, a tip uh, for a septal stanchial graph, a mini graph there in the first place. Okay, this is the, <clears throat> end of the uh, septal extension part. So once it's set in place, your length, your height, everything's braces, okay, then you work on the low lateral college. But this is a couple of examples of severe septal deformity. Um, so this case here, when um, your septum is very deflected, you can virtually take it out and reshape and put it back in. This is extracorporeal, that's one case. Luckily, she's got a hump. You can reuse the hump, use it to do it. So, this case here where most work is all septum. Nasal uh, trauma as a kid, when the uh, septum doesn't grow, everything will grow, settle hump. So, she has large septum standard graph spreader. And then, her carriage is doing attack. I just reattach back and sushi with a bit of tensioning, and she gets that kind of result. Then, here, this is the lady with originally no septum. All sunk in, septal graph, center spreader, um, all low lateral cards, just reposition. The next is what, how do you manage the low lateral card, the final piece? That lower lateral give you the tip morphology, size, shape, you refine projection and rotation, and where you put your tip, your tip defining point is, your dome, and also lateral stability. The, uh, the strain, both in static form, plus in, um, and when it's uh, on dynamic breathing view, to so be strong enough so it doesn't collapse, and obviously not too thick enough to impinge on airway as well. And then once all that done, you can know, find a touch uh, with the uh, called contour graft. The shoe can use this for uh, uh, symmetry, but also it can increase with the projection and with the lengthening rim graft for uh, rim elevation retraction. The soft tissue envelope, uh, that's the last bit. If it's in the skin, with irregularity, I add the soft tissue in it. This kind of case, half my work on rhinoplasty is the uh, complications when the, usually other anti-surgeon refer in. This lady here came with a office nasal clap, but she had a big, bulbous, more boxy tip here, and said, I want to breathe, but I want this to be gone. I like this for all my life, when it's smaller. Sure, you can put you know a nice strut graph here, pattern graph here that looks strong, but she's still a big nose, and uh, 
so she will be more refined. Same as lady here, very boxy tip. All the cartilages in the intermediate cruise, the lateral cruise just collapsed in. Uh, over static and dynamic is just totally collapsed, over-projected. This man with uh, trauma, everything's got uh, swashed, smashed, and uh, deformed. This lady has uh, previous rhinoplastic, ovary section, then there's contraction taking place, uh, deformed. This lady has two rhinoplasty, now short the nose with other rim retraction and can't breathe. So all those uh, cases, <clears throat> very purely said, I just wanted my nose you know, to breathe, but you know, I said, okay, I'm making noise very big, you can breathe. And I said, no, 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 gonna make it nice and normal and breathe at the same time. I think that's where the challenges lie. So, talk about low lateral uh, cartilage deformity, display of uh, injury, crooked nose, those hump, but also septal perforation of previous septal surgery. So, you can uh, unhappy, uh, display the previous myeloplasty, take a big hump off here, everything collapsed, open roof, but the, this part hasn't changed except the, the septum. Which weak and everything collapses with a big post uh, tip. So how you manage those? So it's really this part here with the additive function, the Latin nasal wall or external nasal valve. Make sure that's do. Okay. So what's available? <clears throat> what are the available uh, tool, tools you can use? Look in small uh, in minor cases, you can use lateral curve turning flap to straighten the lateral curve. Use alabatin. I think that's for mild cases. And uh, for more severe, more severe cases, my workhorse is the lateral cruise strut graft. Reposition if that's required. Tensioning suture. I don't use just pure tensioning. Uh, I'm not good enough with uh, like Dr. Davis, but uh, I do almost always with attention to reattach the lower lateral to the tip and tension it so that prevent collapse at the same time. And then you soft uh, uh, contour graft. So lateral cruise strut graft. Step to extension graph and everything hang off it. So this is right here, what we did. Hump reduction, straight septum, correct the septal perforation, which is just as difficult as the rest of the op operation. And then the new lower lateral cartilage, uh, so they give it more even, and strength so you can breathe. So to recreate the lower lateral cartilages, first I think you need a strong pillar in the middle. That's usually step to extension graph. You know, once you uh, just deform, you know, just stitching those together is still not strong enough and straight enough. I think you know, a nice uh, uh, cartilage in the middle, give it a bit of strength, and also you can <clears throat> position where the tip projection and uh, uh, rotation is as well. And then Mirakura, stitch it back, you form the intermediate Kura to have a nice shape in the dome, and the lateral structure as an active replacement or strengthening of lateral Kura. Okay, so that is for a strut graph here. So those three basic, just like a tripod, I guess. And once you've done that uh, with the sutures, and the sutures uh, depend. It can, can be just dermal sutures, interdermal sutures, transdermal sutures, many sutures uh, to get the shape of the one derm right, the other derm right, and then you get an interdermal distance and a big rotation. So those sutures uh, are still available. The lateral cruise strut graph, I normally stitch two sutures to the uh, remnant of the lateral uh, cruise, uh, mattress through and through, uh, tie on the lateral surface, and it's file PDS. Okay. And the other things in my mind is use the lateral cruise right at the tip defining point right here, the new tip defining point, and then extend it past the perum aperture. So when it breathes, it's just catched with the bone, not right at the bone, but nothing collapse in. If I, if I put short here, and I've seen it done, if it's a Patient can just breathe in and it's uh, not strong enough for soft tissue, it just suck it in and because add more weight, it just make it worse. Um, you know, I've taken so many out because it's too short. So a long one, you know. Once I've done shield graft or even a rim graft and then the soft tissue cover as required. That's the pink thing here. So those so in a moderate deformity, moderate lower lateral deformity, which the over projected, over rotated tip. Or the other way around, poorly supported, degraded tip, severe lateral collapse, large intimate cruise or excessive cruise is a big boxy tip, twisted tip, the lateral cruise is collapsing, and the medialization, deficiency of parentheses, doesn't matter. But as long as there's a medial and intimate cura, like a little complex, intact, in common, then to my mind, that's moderate. Why is that? 
because you want to put a separate string the graph in, brace it, your mirror career is three switch of the separate string the graph, then you now release completely intermediate and lateral query. Then the lateral curve graph, graph it then sutured to the intermediate cruise at the new tip defining point. That's important. And then, then you put dormant sutures for you like. And then if uh, the lateral cruise track graph then will be switched in the new quarter pocket. And that's very if there's parentheses, you want to put it more quarterly. So uh, that's where you have to judge uh, for that. If it's LRM retraction, again more quarterly. And the new dome um, being formed by the suturing, as we discussed, intradermal, transdermal. A bit of tension suture as well to fix that, that to the septic standard graph, and as of course, a bit of flaring uh, out of the lateral curve and contour graph. This one, right? this here, this is my bad attempt at drawing. I'm sorry about this. This uh, lower lateral here, the boxy tip, or you call it, large the cruise, a bit twisted and mirror curve. The uh, lateral curve will be short. Or can be collapsed, doesn't matter, but it's long or the lateral curve is here is very deficient and short and it's variable. As long I can re-drape after the second intermediate and lateral curve to form the new medial and intermediate cruise, just this here, and just leave enough five or six mil at least to the lateral curve, then that to me is modern deformity. And then I can use lateral cruise crack graph and a tip defining point here. To form the lateral limb. Okay, that's then suture solution, brace, then final sutures. Here's an example how you measure it of the how much length will you measure before you take a root college? Um, make sure you take it long enough, measure a new tip in fine point to aperture, make sure it's long enough. Always, you know, I always try to go about five mil more. Just in case you can always trim it, you can't lengthen any root college, can tell you after you do it. Okay, so you measure it and then once you place it, just make sure you can always trim it. Now, once that um, in, you just suture the that cruise struck graph here at new tip defining point there at the minute cruise. Master sutures with fire PDS taper. Taper. I don't use any non-absorber sutures ever uh, in the nose. So uh, two of those depend on how much lateral cruise you have. Then form a tight pocket, it's just tight enough for the, the, the lateral cruise structure up to go into. And snug fit, you can use the splinting, but I usually don't really, because you try to put suture through here sometimes to fracture it. Um, what I'm doing there, sorry. Yeah. And then uh, once they're done, you can uh, suture it. This suture in, dome suture in the dome sutures. Okay. Then uh, after that, shield graph, I'm going to do shield graph, articulate rim graph uh, there, just, and then soft tissues. That's very, con uh, very conjuring, very nice, all use fascia. And uh, at the end, right end, if you need to, you can add with a dose augmentation, uh, depending on the cases. That's the difference. That's the fascia can be used for bigger augmentation. So this is primary rhinoplasty. Very, very uh, open check tip. Lacrugal collapse. Twisted. Uh, parentheses. You uh, dissect all out. Septal extension graph. Place the medial in the twist in place. And lacrugal scrap graph. Put that in the new code in the pocket. Sutures. Chill, soft tissue graphs required. Same uh, another case where there's asymmetry, the bit boxy tip, but one side there's convex at the intermediate cruise, and then concave back in or mineralization of the lateral cruise. And this side here, the whole thing is concavity. So asymmetry, you can, uh, you can use many things, but just take it out. New lateral cruise graph in, all this here, uh, resect, and then just resuture nice, even. New pocket, bit of dose augmentation as the patient required, uh, soft tissue. This is the case here. A uh, bit twisted. One is uh, boxy, but one you can see lack of cruises in here. The other one is just collapsing. 
you know, it's twisted after done. She wants a nice projected tip, a bit swollen, but it's nice and more even, and she can breathe. She's happy. This is another primary where the old gentleman with boxer tip. That was a beautiful result. Huh? <laughs> oh, thank you. And uh, look, it's twisted. You can always see the, the middle twisted, the cordyceps here, but since thick skin, very heavy, it's just deprojected, you rotate it. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you can do it uh, without the uh, good uh, strengthening of the core structure of the sex septal extension graph. Take it out, reformat the, the uh, lateral cura, then you can deproject the nose and rotate. They give that kind of uh, up with a nice style walk. So, I just want to move this screen here. I'm not sure how you're uh, apart. Primary case, box your tip, take it out, and so you, you convert that twisted mid the middle curve, very twisted, twisted in the mid cruise to a nice central at the right height you want, and then the left group. So, deep, there, the deep ejected to a more triangular shape. Tip versus a boxy thing. Same thing, uh, not same thing, but this case here, the deficiency, weakness of lateral curve. Strengthening lateral curve. Then. So, this is the result. Deep ejection, more lateral curve. That will. So that's the gentleman with a, with a flattened nose from trauma. So rebuild his uh, dorsum, rebuild his septum and sidewall. Now, come to the severe deformity, the last part. When severe twisted, motor fractures, over-resected, partially resected, parts this discontinuity, well, the whole thing being taken out. And then in that case, where the medial intermediate crew it's not intact, cannot form intact in one piece. So what do you do? After separate stage graph in place, you create a new one, create a neuro medial intermediate cura. And then you suture lateral cross graph to the in the cura by how you do it? by complete release of the lower lateral, just complete release of the lower. And you divide where the fracture is, usually the middle cura, just divide and then overlap it, just like that. You know, bigger version of middle career, the division and overlap. This is a big, big overlap. Usually six, eight mil or ten mil sometimes. But that's a lot both strengthening and straightening at the same time. And then you put lateral roof structure up at that intermediate cruise at a new tip defining point. And the rest is the same. So that's the new difference. So this is the case here where you know the, the twisted. Fracture here, fracture in the cruise, fracture lateral cruise, you know, over resected, missing everywhere. So, what you do, you find where the most fractured sign, make division, and then you mobilize or you release it all into the form of new mirror And hopefully, it's long enough to have imminent cruise. You can use the, the lateral part, the lateral cruise, to overlap or the imminent cruise, whatever it is, give you the shape. And you're going to be, and you can switch sides as well. If this convex, concave this side, you switch the other side to make it convex and vice versa. What do you do? You just want to form, that's the one limb of the uh, middle curve intact. And then this is the, the replacement from your intermediate and lateral cruise. Try to form this neo medial intermediate cruise with a bit of lateral cruise uh, hanging so you can put a lateral cruise structure in, switch in place. Now, in some cases, the whole missing. So you can form the medial and intimate groups with a very slim layer of the costal cartilage. And where you do it, you do it right at the side, at the peripheral of the cartilage, and that can be bent. It's st the highline cartilage is stiff enough to bend without breaking. That's why I harvest the whole by side. And when you see this, you cut it right um, at the edge, and you can virtually see the bend anyway, but it's soft enough to reshape it. And then you suture it, and doesn't, hopefully it doesn't break. So this is the case, this is in primary, but it's, look at it, twist, twist everywhere, got four or five twisted in place. So there's no way you can put a little graph, little graph there to make it better. You just take it all out, divide it here, overlap it to form a new, nice and strong, even lateral twist graph graph, lateral pocket, and then in place, 
not a perfect job, but it's um, because it's a bit thick skin, it's still a nice support central and lateral wall. So, in uh, some cases, you just play, say, that the big, if it's premaxillary, you know, some are missing, you use a um, larger premaxillary graft. And uh, exceptions graph uh, sit right straight onto it. You use tongue and groove release that sit on the, the premaxillary graph here. Especially if you've got uh, also a nasal seal which is very, very narrow, this premaxillary graph will expand it as well. So it's just tailored to what you need. Once it's done, again, so this is a case where um, division and overlap. Okay, so division and then. Big overlap. It's about 10 mil overlap here. One side, the other side is exactly the same. Big overlap. So you had this almost a seagull <laughs> wing uh, flight here. Like that. And then you bend. That allow you to bend. So in this case, we're discontinuity. There's this one here. Missing, missing. So that's the whole middle group missing. The lateral cruise then become the middle cruise. Then you use the septal stamp graph in place. Um, place the septal stamp graph in. Come in a second. There. And then you suture that back to the you set one side first. The other side is weak. You divide here and overlap. So this side is more conventional. Okay, more conventional. Then you try to get two even. Sometimes even, but that's uh, fine. Once it's done, in this case here, it discontinues. It's almost like a Goldman uh, tip. So discontinues, same as this side. So you remove the lateral career, overlap, form new one. Suture it in, after suture, it's enough to put one suture here. Um, one suture, that is the same. And then once that's done, you make a pocket. And then now just before you use this you make sure that costal color is malleable bendable to bend this at almost a you know, little bit oh, 90 degree, degree so in those cases where this costal color is not stiff and not going to bend and fracture you do the other way I'm going to uh, show in a second not the other way okay so this is a very elegant way to do it and that's allow you to once you pop in you can adjust Adjust the, uh, the tip uh, height as well. So pop it in, tight pocket. Tight pocket, tight pocket. And then you adjust your dome accordingly. But make sure it's enough uh, to come the lateral, of course. Uh, this kind of case with uh, revision surgery, where it's uh, overplaced, twist, 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 very, very weak, collapse in. Um, you try, I try, you know, when you dissect that, try to put lateral cruise structure in at that site, but this is very thin here, it doesn't hold, so let's just divide it, overlap it, and suture it in, you can see that it's got a nice strength, and then you bend it, when you bend this here, it's got a bit of memory, because it's, uh, it's going to be spraying, try to spring out, so it's good for lateral wall, so bend it, it's got a bit of memory, strength, lateral wall, and the cartilage here depend on what you need. And this kind of case is uh, very weak. Again, you divide, place new one in, divide, place new one. It's the same. So you bend it where you, uh, you like the uh, your dome to be, place your labrador structure graph, then it's exactly the same as the other uh, part. This is the case here. This is a uh, doctor. Brown fly somewhere else, twisted, collapse. Doctor, um, blob here, it all collapsed in. Now she have a nice projection. Um, straight in the middle and lateral. And she can breathe. This is a, a two previous round of plasty. She's a tall lady, beautiful lady, and but she's got a very short nose. Very attached, but a very short nose. To be out of retraction, still collapsed, uh, diaminically, and still dislocated. And her palate is just not there at all. The rest is not very good anyway, but it's not there. So in her release, release. All these cards with it. There's just two little small pieces missing, uh, piece only. Reformat, lateral cruise graph, 
pop in and then so that's how I operate one hand here one hand here one hand sorry about that but it's a joke so there so new you can see we format everything this is what the result is so on the table severe shortening alley retraction and deep ejection short nose small nose so you re <clears throat> project lengthening and then new form the sidewall and she's uh, this is a week after uh is not strong and triangular base and she can breathe this is a couple months later where the nose lengthening reprojection and it's just a short nose she breathe fabulous she sent me a selfie uh, the other day that's her uh, various poses and uh and so she's Still a bit of puffiness on the tip here, but that will be fine with time. And it's actually like a new nose. Last case, when everything's almost resected, upper lateral is gone. The uh, lower lateral here on the right side is concave in, missing. The left side is rotate up, is still missing. And uh, she's just one of the wonky nose, even collapsed, thin skin, can't breathe at all. That clay case. So, when you know, on some side views, it's fine, but without shadow. But uh, on a closer look, everything's twisted, collapsed there. It's not collapsed. And when you've uh, taken out, that's the cartilages, just a bit here, a bit there, a bit everywhere. And this piece is very, very weak. So, what we do, just release them all. Format the new septum. Upper lateral is missing, so that's the new upper lateral cartilage from the costal cartilage. Yeah, so everything is in place already. The next, the last bit, as usual, is the lower lateral cartilage reconstruction. Now, in this case, you can see this missing here. I'll show you in more detail, but you can place the lateral cruise record first and then suture your intermediate cruise into, into place. And also, this said the right size is very weak. So I had to reform the whole thing, the new costal cartilage. So this is the case here. So if this cartilage is stiff, costal cartilage or lateral cruise is stiff, and it's not enough anyway to bend um, uh, the, uh, into the pocket and format the new tip, you place this thing first. You place the lateral structure first in the pocket. There you go, place it in. Sometimes it's easier. And then position the middle intimate cruise into place. Okay. This case is where it's deficient, it's a bit shorter, we have to uh, reconstruct uh, some more graph to give it a symmetry. On the right side, you see this is very flimsy, there's not enough for the uh, lateral uh, to form the new intimate cruise, so I case reach the whole thing. Lateral cruise trial first, and then this is a sleeve, uh, Thin costal you bendable, you bend over to form the new medial intimate cruise. Leave some remnant behind uh, your remnant so you can suture it in, so that's a form a bit of stability. Now, of course, this dome is wider, this dome is uh, softer, so you have to use a bit more graft here and shield graft to make it more even, just like uh, before. So that's here on the table. And a bit more projection, but mainly here for form. Here and with the fullness on both lateral side wall. On this view here, it's nice straighter, more triangular. So, and of course, once we've done that, there's a lot of soft tissue deficit here. So, I place quite a bit of soft tissue graft in here so that uh, she kept some volume back and smoothness to her nose. Uh, this is one week, you can see a bit uh, straight nose, a bit more puffy, um, but it's good projection. She's on breathe, fantastic. Uh, from that, uh, come on, it's still a bit puffy, but it's a bit uh, straighter nose than her previously. You like it? So that's really uh, my take on lower lateral colors reconstruction. Um, what lesson I've learned over years, there's many, <laughs> many, you know, I think your best teacher is yourself, you know, self-learning. Uh, and that's the truth. I think um, you're always improving every day. Different, round of is difficult to learn and teach. Uh, it's, uh, I've done 
teaching for 10 years and the students are very difficult. You, know, uh, you try to think five, five, 10 steps ahead, but you're going to talk one step ahead. Select your cases. I think beginning pre-assessment planning is the key, appropriate exposure and approach. In my mind, failure to plan, failure to plan is greater than failure to operate. You can know all the technique in the world, but you fail to plan what right technique, I think you're going to fail. My hand in the way. So planning first, uh, when you do round class, they always do five times before they operate. So at the time of consultation, at the time of senior features the night before, when you scrub up and when you inject the nose, and then you do it the fifth or sixth time. Refer to the case, I think, to uh, my junior colleague, to his senior colleagues. Uh, there's no pride to, to begin to uh, refer on, and uh, only uh, grief if you just stick to severe cases and you don't know what you do. Start conservatively, start with septum, reconstruction and grafting. If you do a septum uh, in rhinoplasty, reserve as much as possible because you never know you're going to go back there and stability is the key. After we implant every scrap of cartilage in bone, we can match the crest, crush it, put it back in. Why elevation of the mucoperichondrium, especially severe septal deformity, uh, especially quarterly, uh, so that your septum sits straight in the middle without any uh, mucosal uh, impingement. Prepare for a lot of flexibility during the operation. I think you plan, but you go in there, look, this is uh, more than you expected, then you've got to be flexible to change uh, some of it and have a lot of technique, I think, uh, for cases of for situation. And in challenging and revisiting cases, I do not hesitate for external round plastic. I know some surgeon that excellent in the nasal, that's not me. You know, I might just prefer the exposure. And cost of college, you know, with it morbidity and the thing, but I think there's so much advantages. Uh, you have to explain to the patient uh, there's much more advantage than disadvantages in he or her cases. So thank you very much. That's I think that's it. Wow. So, friends, that's why you know Tune has so many fellows that have passed through. You can, you can stop the screen share there. Um, Tune, thank you. That, that was exceptional, man, to be able to just understand how you go through this. You know what I like about these things is there's always little gems that you pick up. And this idea of actually putting the lateral crural truck craft in first and then attaching to the remnant is brilliant because nothing's worse than you find pocket, pocket, boop, that breaks. You're like, oh, now I've got to go and find another piece. Yeah, I will do three pieces. Cool. That's the other thing. I'll so, Tune, I want to tie it. Yeah. So, I want, to, I want to ask you two last questions to wrap this up. The first question is if you look at the future of rhinoplasty, what are some of your thoughts as to where we're going with rhinoplasty in the world? I think uh, we know enough to preserve most tissues where there's just total dose, uh, dose of preservation. I think that's great. But in my uh, experience is very limited for my cases, you know, because, you know, there's always twisted nose here, collapsed middle career. So um, uh, I think, you know, I'm deficient in that aspect. I think I want to learn more on dose of preservation, but it's just dose of preservation and it's limited case. And I read an article when about 15, from a very experienced surgeon, 15% revision. Now, uh, but, you know, if I have my case 15% revision, then, uh, you know, there's too many revision, um, you know, where they, you know, they probably need it. And uh, for minor cases, but you know, I do not, you know, want to revise fifteen percent of my cases. Uh, so I, I like to select them out. I do a bit of partial preservation where you preserve upper lateral in most all cases, put it back, resuture it on over new septum. So they are partial uh, preservation. But I think the uh, new new is preservation, excellent. Uh, where you preserve uh, two, there's so much good teaching. Around now, I think I think when we, I did my fellowship twenty years in the past, I'll go and visit five, six. They're excellent, but now there's you know so many more and so many techniques. But the thing I like, you know, I think my junior colleague is that this is very difficult. I think the worst thing you can do is go to the conference, and come back, you think that someone has done it. The uh, expert round of plastic surgeon done it twenty years, and you go back, you want to emulate straight away. Uh, it's you know go home, take a bit of the time, improve. A bit of time, I think. Yeah. Improve, improving a bit of time rather than you cannot run a marathon in day one or climb Mount Everest in day two. Take a lot of time. Wow. Well, soon that actually answers my second question. I was going to say to you, what do you tell young residents? 
<laughs> and you've you've answered that already. So, well, thank you, man. So, our friends from around the world, thank you for listening to our first episode of the Rhinoplasty Podcast Season Two, brought to you by Medold Instruments and none other than Tune the Catalyst Band. Thank you very, very much. And uh, sleep tight. I'm glad uh, it's not in the middle no, of the no, night. No, uh, is quite late is, really. No, at all. Uh, it's what, uh, 11 o'clock, which is, you know, barely my bedtime. So, barely my bedtime. <laughs> awesome. Tune, thank you so much. And to all our listeners around the world, thank you for your support. Please come back next week for another very exciting episode of the Rhinoplasty Podcast. 